Well, well, well. Who sent you here? Can't talk, little man. <laughs> They can't play none either. is Chris Abalo's podcast experiment and I am Chris Abalo. Welcome to the show. And thank you so much everybody who's been tuning in live. 9 p.m. skidrowstudios.com. We do appreciate that. Thank you also for subscribing on iTunes, giving the show five stars. Please feel free to write a little review and of course follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Pod, and of course Give the show the thumbs up on Facebook. And uh, once again, we appreciate that. A lot of people uh, tweeting me during the week about the shows and uh, about various guests and some of the uh, repeat, let's say, panelists we have in here. And uh, it's great. So I'm glad people have been digging the show. And uh, tonight will be another watershed episode of the show because it'll be a live performance for the first time since we've been coming to you from Skid Row Studios. So really looking forward to that. Uh, but first couple of things. Uh, didn't get to it last week because, uh, frankly, we ran out of time. So Sherry and I teased a story that we had. Uh, well, it's not so much of a story, but it was just kind of a, a funny uh, night out. Uh, as we said last week, we went and saw Road Hard, which is uh, Adam Carolla's independent comedy, which you can rent on iTunes and Amazon and uh, most on-demand services, uh, you can check it out. But we went and saw it because it's playing at a, a theater locally here. And so we decided, well, we'll go see the theater opening weekend, support an independent movie, and it'll be cool. So um, we headed over to uh, Sundance Cinemas on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood, which I hadn't been to since 2006 when I moved to Los Angeles. And then it was called the Lemley Sunset Five. And it's since been renamed. And I didn't realize it because I was looking up like, what, what theater is that? When I saw theaters that were going to be playing the movie. And I had no idea what it was. Found out, obviously, that it was renamed. And well, there we go. But uh, it's funny because I got my, my ticket. And I look on the ticket and see that it says Sundance Sunset, which is just the name of the theater. At least it's how it printed on the ticket. And I thought that they gave me the wrong ticket. I thought it was a ticket for like some indie drama, which actually it's a pretty good title. Sundance Sunset, I'm picturing a rancher named Buck somewhere in middle America, and uh, he's in trouble. It's been a, a harsh winter, so he might be losing the ranch, or too many people are turning vegan. He's not moving the, the volume of meat he used to. So that's not a euphemism. And uh, then he meets Ellie, who uh, sells vegetables out in town, and uh, then they team up and, and fall in love. And maybe by the end of the movie, he sells off the ranch and helps her on the farm, on Ellie's farm. Uh, or not. I need to stop talking about these things on the show because see, that is a movie. Somebody's going to write that now. <sighs> Sundance Sunset. Sounds like an indie drama, doesn't it? 
And now that I talked about it, someone's going to make it and earn 45 bucks and then I'm going to lose out, which, well, there we go. Anyway, uh, so we had some time to kill before the movie. We went and grabbed dinner. And uh, after the movie was over, it was midnight. And as we've said on the show before, nobody really hangs out in, well, okay. I don't hang out in Hollywood a whole hell of a lot, but someone does. But we thought, well, while we're here, and since we were talking about it at dinner, I said, we should go to the Hustler store on Sunset Boulevard. Because if you don't know, the a certain section, I should say, of Sunset Boulevard, the, the Sunset Strip, the legendary Sunset Strip, uh, it's going to be demolished sometime this year. Where uh, the House of Blues is, where the Viper Room is, formerly owned by Johnny Depp, where uh, River Phoenix uh, died outside on the street. And the Hustler Store is a whole block of Sunset Boulevard that's going to be leveled and is going to become like a, a residential lot. I guess it's going to be apartments or townhouses or something, but that's happening at some point this year. And since we were talking about stuff that's sold at the Hustler store, as you do during dinner, I mean, who doesn't? I thought, well, we should go over there because unless I'm going to a show at the Whiskey or something, which uh, thankfully will still be there as far as I know, then I said, well, I'm not really over here. We should go check it out. And either she hadn't been there before or she hadn't been there in a really long time, I don't remember. But the thing that sold her was there are these... These are, let's well, they're not Avengers because that would be a copyright infringement, but superhero style dildos, which just from my description, man, th she was way intrigued not to purchase. She just said, I have to see this. And I said, yes, you do. There's obviously a Hulk variation, which is, well, let's just say it's green and it's about the size of, you know, two beer cans slapped together. And uh, there's a Batman style one that has a hood on it. Get it. And uh, the Web Slinger, which is a Spider-Man knockoff. And anyway, I saw the display when I was at the Whiskey a couple months ago, just killing time, while some opening band was playing. And it, it just, it cracked me up. And just telling her about it, I said, we need to go to the Hustler store and you need to see these for yourself. We ended up staying there for an hour and a half because that place is just, it's a blast. It's even funnier going in there as a, a male and female, just kind of bouncing things off each other. Not literally, because that'd be weird. And the staff would stop us. But just to actually look at things, you know, in the, the for her section, the for him section, and just talk about the stuff that's sold and, and what it might be used for or kind of read the directions and think, all right, who's putting this to use? Mm, this will be interesting. And, uh, man, it, it's entertaining. We thought we'd go in there and just look around, you know, kind of point and laugh at a few things and then leave. But, no, we were fascinated by it. And I'd been in there a couple months ago, like November, and I still was there for an hour and a half just because the, the place is great. And it's not going to be there for much longer. So if you're in L.A., by the way, you absolutely need to go check out the Hustler store on Sunset Boulevard. Or if you're going to be, hell, if you're going to be in Los Angeles anytime in the next few months, you should check out the Sunset Strip anyway because it's not going to be there. Eventually, uh, sometime later in this year. I couldn't find exactly when, and I don't know if there's a date per se because House of Blues still has shows scheduled in the Viper Room. So I don't know when all that's going to be going away, but it's happening sooner rather than later. So make sure you uh, stop by if you're in the area and have a couple laughs. But uh, one of the things that really th that cracked us up as we're walking around, we went to the, we're, we're in kind of the corner, which is the uh, bachelor or bachelorette party section. 
And, uh, and get ready with the photo, please, Cheyenne. For those of you watching the video stream or if you're watching the show on YouTube, which you can also do, then uh, we just found it funny that these two things were next to each other. These are love dolls, if you can pull up the picture. And it's <laughs> an old man and a black woman. And, of course, the being stereotypical, the old man is, well, look at him. And uh, the black girl is Shanae Love Doll. And it was just too funny that standing there as a, not old white male, but white male, black female, they were on pegs right next to each other. And we just kind of looked up at the same time, saw them and just cracked up. And I think it says, what, guaranteed for, uh, what does it say on the box? I, sh I should just pull it up on my phone because that's how I took the picture. But it says guaranteed for amusement or something like that. And the 26 inch doll. So I don't know who's putting these things to use. Hers says she's ghetto fabulous. And then the <laughs> other one says, Okay, she's ghetto fabulous. Like, I think it says the old guy still got it going on. <laughs> That's amazing. Was that going through? Are they able to hear you? Yeah. Okay, good. Just making sure. <laughs> I didn't know if I should have to repeat everything yeah. you said. Yeah. It, it just cracked us up because I, I make jokes about being old, which I'm probably going to stop doing. Or in a John Karuna style pun, I should retire old jokes. Haha. <laughs> because... um Frankly, I just don't think they work anymore because I'm only going to continue getting older. So what's the point? I'm 33 now. They're, they're really not going to hold up over the next 10 years. So I'm going to stop making old jokes. But just the fact those two love dolls were next to each other, man, we had a laugh. Things got better as we're looking around the, it's more the bachelorette party favors with <laughs> fun accessories like um, licorice. Shaped like penises, which I wish I'd thought of it because the name Dickerish, amazing. I, I hope that person's making billions because, man, that, that was a pun that was just waiting to happen. And um, just beside those were penis lollipops. Now, these things were sizable. Uh, by the way, if you're tuning into the show thinking, is this the show that Jordan Cassie's going to be on? I wanted to watch it and hear him play. Yes, you've come to the right place. But... Take heart, because I just need to empty out my mind of all these these crazy thoughts uh, before he comes in and, and performs and and uh, brings a little bit of class to the show. So just bear with me. But yes, this is the right show if you're tuning in for Jordan. Uh, anyway, penis lollipops, uh, just to keep it highbrow. These things were, were a, a healthy size and uh, a variety of flavors. Of course, I didn't spend a lot of time looking through them, but Sherry did and Hey, good for her. And uh, sure enough, she bought one. And uh, you know what? Who can blame her? And the thing, you know what? It's the, the, the amazing thing was how sizable it was. This is a, I mean, the fact that it's, it's just sugar on a stick. And it, I mean, I didn't take the dimensions of it, frankly. I wasn't as interested as she was. But nonetheless, it was fascinating to look at. And, and the fact she's actually going through and picking out flavors. But first of all, if you can handle one of these things, first of all, if you're a woman, tweet me at Chris Abalo because I'd like to meet. Uh, but also, if you finish it in one sitting, congratulations, you now have type 2 diabetes because these things were, were fairly gigantic. And it took her a couple of days to get through. So she said. Uh, she never sent any photos or video. Otherwise, we'd be cutting to that right now. But maybe next time. Maybe we'll do an X-rated show. That would actually be really fun. Maybe not. Or we couldn't put it on YouTube. Or we'd have to put it somewhere else. I don't know. Maybe another time, but um, I'm re <laughs> I'm regaling a friend of mine 
who uh, she lives in Kentucky, telling her about the the hustler store because she's never been to one and uh, these penis lollipops. And because of country, <laughs> certain areas of the country separated by a common language, uh, where she's from, they're called, they, they don't call them lollipops, they call them suckers. So as I'm telling her the story about Sherry, she's suddenly getting jealous and she, it, I mean, aside from the fact that she wants to visit Los Angeles, she said, I want a penis sucker. I said, you and me both. So there we go, Hustler Store, good time. So make sure you check that out. There, there are some in uh, other parts of the country, but uh, Sunset Boulevard, it's going to be closed at some point. So you do need to check that out if you're in the area. And uh, another thing that really captured our imagination was the parodies that they have. Because, I, I mean, half the time porn's just funny. It's not so much hot, especially when you see the, the DVD Sherry picked up was This Ain't Boardwalk Empire, which is obviously it was a parody of Boardwalk Empire. But technically, there are a lot of things that aren't Boardwalk. The Avengers isn't Boardwalk Empire, but nonetheless, we're not going to confuse the two. And uh, she would have bought it had it not been 40 bucks because he thought, well, it's like period porn. Wait a minute. That sounds way wrong. Right, you know what? Forget it. Let's move on to something else. So before we bring in Jordan, uh, we're going to play uh, we, meaning me, going to play a little clip for you. Now, um, keeping with the music theme, because Jordan's going to perform a couple of songs. And uh, I've had a few people who have followed me from the only podcast that matters to this show. And if you hadn't, if you're new to Chris Abal's podcast experiment, or if this is how you found me, uh, first of all, welcome. And second of all, for four years, I co-hosted a show called The Only Podcast That Matters. And uh, we did 200 episodes. There are a couple of clip shows, and uh, it's a lot of fun. And the most recent one, which uh, we're going to play you a clip from now, is uh, a discussion about music between myself, so you recognize my voice, Andrew, he who is known as Metal Jimmy, and Dan... And this is actually from the Best of Dan clip show, which you can get at theonlypodcast.com. And on Stitcher, uh, iTunes, there seems to be some issue with, so we're going to be fixing that. But you can get it at theonlypodcast.com and uh, the Stitcher radio app for now. And uh, this is, basically we were arguing, not arguing. It started as a discussion and then evolved into an argument, as you'll hear. But we were talking about how Dan and I hate metal band names, just how self-serious they are. And how we, we prefer the more straightforward names of, say, punk bands. So, anyway, uh, here's a clip. The Best of Damn, which you can check out, as I said, on theonlypodcast.com and Stitcher Radio. And uh, look for, thanks to Dan's nickname, Fart Sounds, The Best of Dan. That's P-H-A-R-T-Z. Because he's a gamer and, you know, like I said, we're keeping this very high brow tonight. So, uh, anyway... Clip from the only podcast that matters. When we come back, Jordan Casty live in the studio. Most uh, out there progressive stuff I listen to is between the Barry and Mate. Yes. Yeah, I actually like them a lot. Oh, the, man. The last two albums, they just came out with the Parallax. The, par the, the Parallax, I listened to a little bit, but it was the one right before that. Color? Not, not no, Colors. No, it was no, after not colors. colors. Not Colors on Alaska. Oh, That's what it was. But there was... With obfuscation on it. Yeah, that, that, that album. And there was one song... I'm going to look it up. Here. I hate names like that. 
What's Between that? the Buried and Me, Bullet for My Valentine. <laughs> fucking Rogers no, are two different fucking bands. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's a stupid name. This is this isn't a band that takes oh, their name seriously. These guys are man. fun guys. Doesn't actually. Matter. Doesn't it's matter. Awful. Where's the band? I think didn't they tour the with the Great Theater? Misdirect? They might have. Yes. Yeah. I the Great Misdirection. Yes. Disease, injury, and madness. Now this song starts off thrashy and it's very scream. Like screaming names are these? Right, but the song, the song, the song gets into a nice instrumental, and then there's a fucking breakdown, like five minutes in the song, and it starts off with a horse whinny. Yes, it just goes, and then it just goes, and it starts going into this amazing like breakdown. In the parallax, there's a song where it just. Awful names. No. Absolutely. That's why I love it. Awful it's, names. I don't care if they're <laughs> awful names. Good names like Bad Brains. Oh, God. <laughs> bad Religion. Black Flag. Black Flag. <laughs> no, Bad Brains. And Meanwhile, you're, you're upset about names like Screeching Weasel. <laughs> <laughs> How the fuck? Screeching Weasel. The Queers. Yeah, that's a name. <laughs> Those are names. The New York Dolls. The Circle Jerks. The New York Dolls is a great name. Circle yeah. Jerks, that's a good name. Not Absolutely. Some, not some overdramatic emotional. Yeah, not something, not a sentence. Don't call your band a sentence. (laughs) I'm going to call my band a sentence now. A sentence. (laughs) Fucker. That fucking band. (laughs) That fucking band. We're going to go see that fucking band tonight. TFB. (laughs) TFB. (laughs) Jinx. Well, you got to add a funeral to it. Yeah, funeral. Sorrow. Upside down uh, giant candelabras. No, even better. I've, this, I'm sorry. I keep taking, oh, I keep you guys, take, are, I keep you guys taking the mic me. here. No, 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 no. This, this is just funny. There's this one band that that uh, I looked up that was based off of another uh, progressive band I was listening to called Frost, and then it has an asterisk after it. So that is the hardest band to fucking look up, like on your phone. Frost, like that. asterisk. Frost with an asterisk right after it. That's the name of the band. Whatever happened to bands like Bad Brains? <laughs> <laughs> They're still around. Dan, I'm with you on that. (laughs) Uh, Shut the fuck up. (laughs) No. You don't need... No. I'm not going to shut up. Those are awful, awful names. That's a password for your bank account where you need a character (laughs) Playing awful, awful music. That's a a password to log on to something. (laughs) Frost Asterisk. Give me a motherfucking break. I can't even say the word right because I'm... It annoys me. The band's not bad, but it's whatever. It's just some 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 of these bands try to reach out with just (laughs) a name. Uh. (laughs) I'm with you, Jimmy. I I mean, the name is the first thing you hear when you think experience in life. Have they been through? Where they said, you know what? Were they born in a casket? (laughs) (laughs) They had to to dig themselves out of a grave. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my mother died. During childbirth, they buried me with her, and then oh I crawled my, my way no, that's out. Death metal. Meanwhile, meanwhile, <laughs> that's people, death metal. People, people who come here from Africa, you know, with kids carrying bazookas, <laughs> dodging bullets, come Where's here the happiest going? people in the world. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm free. I don't have an RPG on my some, shoulder. Some a-hole who grew up in the most spoiled country in the world. In the suburbs. Yeah. In White the whitest part. Talking <laughs> about... <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like freaking Paul from, you know, the sidekick for The Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Bearer. <laughs> His face was magical. <laughs> I love the jiggling neck. <laughs> the turtle and turtle. It's just awful. These people are awful. 
Like, I can get bands like, you know, I'm not trying to be biased or anything, but I can get punk bands like Bad Brains and... and bad Religion and, and Bad Religion. Stuff like that. Because They're, they play upbeat music. And they have this something last time. to say behind it. Yeah. And they grew up shitty... And they still end up making upbeat music. I mean, this is worse than emo. I mean, it's just... It's just... This is why you hate metal. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan Casty. Yeah. Live in the studio. Mm -hmm. Welcome, sir. Good to see you. Thank you very much. Just yeah. barely made it. I was getting carried away at the Hustler store on Sunset. <laughs> well, <laughs> let me tell you, it's easy to get carried away. Yeah, man. You can roll in just looking for Avengers rip-off dildos and spend an hour and a half without exactly. even realizing it. That's exactly what happened to me. Crazy. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. See, you getting, I'm going to like you. You're not going to get along just fine. Uh, so, Jordan, you can check out um, on uh, iTunes and Spotify... You can stream his stuff and, of course, purchase it. Also, soundcloud.com slash Casty Music, C-A-S-T-Y. Mm -hmm. You can uh, listen to a few tracks, which I was listening to today at work during some downtime, which shouldn't be admitting on a show, but uh, too late. And uh, you can follow his shenanigans, facebook.com slash Casty Music. So, uh, Jordan and I met unexpectedly. Uh, last month, actually, we were at um, the uh, Loft, Loft Theater, in downtown LA, not too far from here, not too far from Skid Row Studios. And uh, which you can check them out at loftensemble.org. And uh, coincidentally, Jordan will be back there on March 27th. He'll be performing at the Loft Cabaret at the Loft Theater, 9 p.m. So oh, yeah. go check that out. Yeah, For it's sure. it's a good night. That's That's where I saw you last month, and it was a good time. Which, you know what, I really enjoyed that anyway. In part because... Where I'm from, my homeland of New Jersey, there aren't a whole lot of places that have that kind of show. Or, and even coffee houses don't really have an, an open mic type thing anymore, which I miss. Because I used to enjoy doing that and, and played them on occasion once upon a time. And that's one of the things I, I liked about it. Even though everyone was, was a scheduled performer, it was still just an array of performances. It was musicians and comedy. It was an interpretive dance performance. Yeah. Yeah, and I, mean, uh, I dig that. Yeah, the stage there is just so awesome. It's a real like theater space for people who haven't been there. It's um, it's this huge stage with great lights and it's very dramatic. Um, so when you're playing it, it feels like something really, really cool you're doing. So it brings the best out of you. Yeah, and but intimate at the same time. Yeah, it's not a gigantic sure. like oh, several no. hundred seat kind of theater. Yeah. It, it is actually very, that's one of the things I like was that it it has a has a theatrical kind of feel to it just mm -hmm. when you walk in, but it's also a nice intimate venue, yeah. which is very, which is cool for, for something like that, especially someone like yourself who's coming in with an acoustic guitar and singing and playing. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, can do great. it without a microphone in there. It's, it's so like True. so much focus and so intimate. It's great, great venue. And there were, at least when I was there, not a lot of people who just kind of wandered in, like, what is this place? Everybody seemed to be there and everyone, this is something you don't, well, I, I haven't found it at gigs in the past my previous life as a, as a musician, but everyone was very quiet and respectful while the performances were going on. Yeah, totally. Which, which was really refreshing to see mm -hmm. because especially for Friday night, <laughs> people yeah, are right. wandering and loaded like five bucks, let's go. And meanwhile, everybody was just very, very into it. Everybody was there wanted to be there, which I really dug about it. Yeah. It really feeds the performers and, and, uh, 
creates a really great and fertile atmosphere for awesome performance. Yeah. Yeah, I, I dug it quite a lot. Uh, and Loft Cabaret co-hosted, by the way, by Lauren Sperling, who will be on the show next week talking about her upcoming play, which will be at the Loft Theater, She Kills Monsters. Uh, so she'll be on here talking about actressy things, actressing, <laughs> an actress in L.A. I know, I found one. You, you wouldn't have thought so, wow. but I found one, That's and amazing. she's coming on the show. I know, in Hollywood. Who would have thought so? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, she'll be here and um, Candace Feltz is co-hosting. The hell? That'll be fun. So uh, yeah, Candace Feltz will be co-hosting with me next week too, which would be great. It'd be like Howard and Robin if Howard was a Gentile and Robin was a white lesbian. <laughs> so uh, yeah, check that out next week. And also you can catch Jordan uh, March 30th at 8 p.m. He'll be at the Songwriting School of Los Angeles interviewing and honoring the legendary Jeff Barry. So if you're in the LA area, Make sure to check him out at The Loft and the Songwriting School of Los Angeles. And links will be at chrisabal.com. You just look for the Cape 41 post, along with all the other podcast episodes. And uh, facebook.com, soundcloud.com, Casty Music. Oh, let's yeah. get to it. Let's hear a song. What would you like to play to start off? Well, well, this is uh, a song I recently wrote. It's So it's like brand new. I haven't even released a, a recording of it yet. Ooh, but, exclusive. Um, you're yeah. the by the way, you're the first performer. I was telling you this off the air. You're the first musical performer on this show. I'm honored. Which I'm very excited about. It's very this is part cool. of the show's evolution. So congratulations. You have the distinction of being the first musical guest. Well, I think doing you. the first musical performance. Sweet. Yeah. I messed it up. <laughs> <laughs> and debuting a new song. So uh, I guess we'll all see how this goes at once. <laughs> anyway, right, you were right. saying. Uh, yeah, this song, um, this song is about those arguments you have that just go around in circles, and they, in the end they teach you that it's not really about being right, it's more about feeling good. So, it's called Animals. Talk about it like you know what you're talking about. You talk about it like there's something here to figure out. But you don't know what you're talking about, neither do I. So baby, let's not spoil the surprise. You think about it till you think you know right from wrong. You think about it till you think you know what's going on. Right or wrong, neither should you. Well, I say we just do what we do. So take your clothes off, baby, and lick it with me. All the best comes easy, naturally. We can talk all about it when we get old, baby. We're just animals. We know what we're fighting for Fight about it like somebody keeping score But you don't know what we're fighting for Neither do I Oh baby, we're just wasting our time So take your clothes off, baby And lick it with me All the best comes easy Talk about it when we get old, baby. We're 
Okay, yeah, it's a clip. But I don't, and I don't mean that to sound condescending. No one wants to hear me go, yeah! One dude <laughs> clapping. Yeah, Nobody wants good. to hear that. You know. Good stuff, though, man. That song's a panty dropper. Why, thank well you. Well done. Thank you very I much. I like it. I mean, not going to work on me, but let me just say we saw a huge spike in, in our numbers just now. I'm watching the live chart, and yeah. Sweet. That's, that's going to be a big hit. Thank I you. I can tell. Thank you. So, give us the, uh, yeah, the Cliff Notes version of yourself. Where are you from? I was born and raised in Chicago. Nice. Uh, yeah, right. Smack in the middle of the city. And uh, it was an incredible childhood to be surrounded by so much energy and, and uh, all these all this culture and food and different things to do is amazing. And, uh, and then I uh, found out I wanted to do music as my life when I was about 16. I got a great guitar teacher who Gave me the inspiration I needed, and I uh, decided I wanted to go to Berklee College of Music in Boston. And so I went there four years, and that was amazing. The, the teachers and the resources and, you know, people. It has so much respect that these huge names come through, like James Taylor came through and did mm -hmm. it. Just like says, hey, you want to ask me anything? You know, he comes into the theater space, and John Mayer did that same thing. And it was an awesome experience. I studied abroad, too, and all over Europe. It was Killer, and then uh, toured with my band after that. After graduation, I had a band called Eleven Dollar Bills, and uh, we were like a blues rock outfit, a trio. Mm -hmm. And we were playing in Chicago a lot, and did a couple national tours. We came out to LA and uh, played at the House of Blues. Nice. And yeah, and we went, you know, through Texas and New Orleans and Indiana and up to New York and Boston and all that. And we did that for about a year and a half. Then we uh, split, unfortunately, but that's how it goes sometimes. Yeah, yeah and uh, and I was free as a bird. And my best friend was in Los Angeles, and he said, um, "Hey, you know, I'm getting a new apartment, and I could get another, I could get another bedroom if you wanted to hop out here." And I was like, "All right." Last winter was too long in Chicago. <laughs> I know there are labels out there, so. This is it. Let's do it. So I've been here for about a year and a half, writing, recording, producing for other artists, making my own uh, new sound as a solo artist. Mm -hmm. It's a very exciting time. Yeah, definitely. And to go from, you kind of done a lot of cities, starting in Chicago, going over to Boston for Berkeley, now coming out here. Yeah, I'm a city boy. That's great. Hey, sure. I, I can't blame you. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I like living in the city. I mean, for right now, it, it suits me. And Funnily enough, I didn't, not that we talked a whole lot, but uh, I didn't know we, I guess on paper, we should probably be arch enemies because you went to Berkeley and I went to Musicians Institute. Ooh. So yeah, there's a little bit of, Damn, I'm there's a have weird, to <laughs> yeah, you can Thank show you. yourself out, sir. <laughs> Good night. Uh, yeah, there's a weird kind of rivalry between, uh, I'm going to call them music snobs because it doesn't really matter what's literally what school of thought you're from. Mm -hmm. If if the music's good and if you want to do it, then yeah, absolutely. But the, yeah, and and that's what brought me uh, out to Los Angeles initially, years cool. and years ago, was to go to a Musicians Institute. So very cool. Yeah, what did you study there? Guitar. I went to GIT Guitar Institute of Technology, which was which was great. I wouldn't trade it for for anything. I mean, it's just, it's the reason I'm here right now. Even though music isn't the isn't the and frankly never was the bread and butter, but even though it's, I mean, I still 
play on my own and I still write and I still uh, play at home. Although I've been, I've been itching to gig lately, so it, which is funny too, because even with uh, being turned on a loft cabaret, I thought that might be a nice kind of a low key way to go out and just try and get rid of some of the rust, kind yeah, of shake man. it off. Cause I miss the live gigging aspect of it. I don't miss the, and, and I'm sure, you know, like being in a band, it's tough. Oh yeah. It's everybody wants to be in a band because being in a band sounds cool. True. Being in a band and working together as a group, it's, it's tough. <laughs> it's it is tough. tough. To it's make cool it too. I mean, it definitely oh, it is. does is cool in the moment, but of course, there's a lot. You know, there's a lot to manage. There, yeah, yeah, totally. And it's um, it's and you're right. It's fun, especially like I never toured around anywhere because I never got as far as to record a, a record with anybody to go out to support or were with a bunch of other guys who were ambitious enough to say, let's pile in a van, just go. Yeah, let's just go somewhere. So I never actually even got to that point, which is why I thought. But I always want to be in a band. Like I never wanted, to, frankly, to to be a solo artist, even though I have tons of material I could just that I've written over the years that I could put out under my own name. I just I, there was something. Oh, <laughs> despite all the evidence to the contrary about it, getting together with bands, just having them fall apart for whatever reason, yeah. I still was always geared toward like I like being in a band though, rather yeah. than going out as as Chris Abalo. I thought oh, I'd rather kind of go out as the so-and-sos or, or something like that. Yeah, I, I feel you on that, man. For yeah, sure. <laughs> but it's it, there's there's a certain degree of freedom in just what you're doing, just going out with an acoustic guitar and playing. And uh, that that's kind of the thing I miss, to be honest with you. I'm not trying to turn this around and make this about me, by the way. No, man, but I, cool. I, I, I relate. I relate to the uh, the experience because of the feeling of freedom where it's like, ah, I can just go out and play what I want and work with other artists. This is great. Yeah. Because you do feel um, more of a sense of obligation when you're working with other people, especially if you're on some kind of routine. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's it's very freeing to get out of that. Yeah. So I remember when James Taylor came to Berkeley, one of the one of the, his my main points to drive home was he once he said that you should make your music as easy to produce and share as you can. So you don't feel weighed down by music. It's more like it frees your spirit and it and it's something that can elevate you rather than feel like it's... Then bog you down. Right. Yeah. And that's what it... I mean, it's as important as it is to, especially now where it's harder to get people's attention, and while there's plenty of ways to put your music out there, it can. Mm -hmm. there's still the business part, which I think kind of people aren't necessarily prepared for. Mm -hmm. But it is kind of a necessary component. But you're right. Like, as long as you're doing something out there and getting some kind of feedback from people, getting some kind of gratification, it's enough to keep you going. Yeah. If, Whereas it definitely feeds your spirit and your drive. Yeah, yeah. Which I said is one of the reasons I thought, man, I kind of miss, I kind of miss gigging. Maybe I should just go out and just hit, like I said, open mics or cabaret. something. Hell yeah! Man. I think so. I'm thinking. I mean, it might be a little. Well, it's probably not too late. I'm sure I, I know the I know the host Loft Cabaret. I might be able to sneak in on the 27th. But I don't want to follow you though, because that's just going to be a, <laughs> a mess. I'm I'm a little rusty. At least with live performance, I can still play just fine. I'm the best guitar player in my apartment, but. Otherwise, Sick. I don't, yeah, I have that going for me. But to get up in, in front of that group, that's a really talented group of people who rode through there last month, I got to say. Yeah, man, lots of cool people in that, in that whole, uh, it's a real scene, you know, a scene in and of itself. It is. Place. It's really cool. It definitely is. And it's funny, too, because people have that, um, that perception of, of Los Angeles, which is, let's say, the Sunset Strip thing. And there are plenty of people who are happy to dress up and throw back to that. Mm -hmm. And no shortage of bands who are like, that's kind of the association of Los Angeles mm. until, unless you want to go back to like early eighties and like, you know, punk hardcore kind of stuff. But otherwise people have that kind of hair metal perception or guns and roses perception. Yeah. But there's just, there's a lot of talent out here. Yeah. And there's, a, there's a really rich history of like songwriting too. Like, uh, you know, James, Taylor, the James Taylor, Carol King, sure. King, yeah. And, uh, 
that Eagles folk scene. And, yeah, the folk scene was yeah. huge here. For... Did you see the Eagles documentary? Did you see the history of the Eagles oh, documentary? Oh, Lord. That was that amazing. Was awesome. Seeing stuff like that, that's exactly what made me want to be in a band. Same thing when I was 16, yeah. which is when I started playing guitar. I just thought, ah, that's what I want to do. Yeah, even though that is like a soap opera, the documentary, it's like <laughs> yeah. guys getting kicked out and guys sleeping with each other's wives. And it's like, yeah. I'm not exactly sure. And, and everyone was loaded because it was oh, the yeah. 60s and 70s. Absolutely, man. So nobody was in their right mind. That's a, that's a fascinating watch, folks. If you have Netflix, check out the History of the Eagles. It's like three hours but it's it's fascinating. Yeah, it's and like they're very two parts, honest. and they're both like two hours. They're both yeah. two and a half hours. So yeah, it's so good though. It is. It is, and they're very they they don't sugarcoat anything either, which I like. They yeah. kind of have the um, the perspective of now being older, and they're able to look at things kind of um, at an arm's length, where they're not too precious about how it was. They yeah. appreciate things for what they were, but they know exactly where they all messed up, which is cool. Yeah. Um, but I like that. And speaking of which, actually, there is a cool documentary. I haven't seen it, but Sherry, who was with me uh, last week and who went to the Hustler store with me, recommends it. A documentary called Sunset Strip about the the famed Sunset Strip. Uh, that's also on Netflix. I haven't watched it yet, but she recommends it. That's good enough for me. So uh, you folks can check that out, too, if you're musically bent. Yeah. Speaking of music, want to do another song? I would I love to. We've got some time. Let's hear another song. Okay. Please do. This one... Uh has been recorded and released. It's um, a song that's very special to me. It's like one of the first songs that people really cared about that I wrote and people could latch on to and, and let it speak for them instead of it just being, you know, it's written songs before that were precious to me but didn't really, people were like, oh, that's cool. And then <laughs> when I wrote this song, people were like, oh, man, that song really touched me. You know? They connected to it. Yeah. So... It's about being single for a while and having to uh, meet new people and, and sort of break down all those social barriers we have. I don't know what you're talking about. Over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe this song will illustrate it more. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, I'm flying up to heaven seven at a time. I'm leaving in the morning when the sun do shine. I've never had the heart it takes to see you go, see you go, see you go. And I've been around the world about a hundred ways, seen things that I can only see from paper planes, worn faces over feelings I can never show, never show. Oh, mama, can I be myself with you? Oh, mama, can I be myself with you? Oh, mama, can I cry? Do I have to lie now? Do I have to drive a black Mercedes Benz? Oh, mama, can I be myself with you? myself to sleep no more I keep a loaded hammer in my bedside drawer hang pictures in the dark behind my heavy eyes heavy eyes this year is gonna be my feet into the ground I'm thinking maybe summer I'm gonna wear a crown
And you should see Jordan Casty at Loft Cabaret. Oh, yeah. Friday, March 27th. <laughs> and uh, you can catch me at Loft Cabaret any month. Jordan's not going to be there because <laughs> I can't sing like that. Hell no. <laughs> no chance. Well, now, let me ask you, was that song written since you've been in L.A.? No, that was before L.A. Really? actually, yeah. Oh, okay. That I would have was... thought so because have you dated in L.A.? Yeah. It sucks. I mean, yeah. maybe you have a different experience than I do. I found that it sucks, but well, I, I feel uh, like that uh, that touches a nerve. Yeah, it definitely. <laughs> I was definitely living that song for a while out here, but uh, recently, or relatively recently, been into a, a very cool relationship. Really? Yeah. Well, congratulations. A very nice girl. They happen. Yeah. There's and they're out here. Yeah. I don't know where. But you got to search through, but <laughs> yeah, you, there's a lot of sifting to go through. Yeah. So who, all musicians, as far as I'm, friends of mine, uh, teachers, et cetera, they all have that moment where they say, aha, 
I want to do this. Mm-hmm. Who is it who made you say, all right, I need to learn how to play guitar? Yeah. Or, or was it a few people? Uh, well, it, it it's came in waves, you know. I mean, when I was, my mom was a singer. Uh, she still is a singer, but like oh, cool. a professional singer. Um, put out some cassette tapes and Susie Casty, check her out. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> and, uh, and she, I guess she was under Susie Minor at the time. So, but uh, she knew the power of music and how amazing it is for the spirit. And she knew that her kids were going to play music and whether they liked it or not. <laughs> so I was like eight years old and, and she made me take piano lessons, which I just hated. I was with this teacher who I didn't connect with. He was teaching me songs I didn't care about and, and mm. it was really terrible. And I was just like, after two years of that, I was, I just said to my mom, you got, you got to let me quit. I don't want to do this anymore. And she said, you can quit piano, but you got to pick something else up. <laughs> and so I uh smart woman. Yeah. So I asked her for a guitar and then uh I got a teacher who was teaching me like Paul Simon and and Radiohead and uh Ray Charles just like all this awesome music that I could feel connected to and like I could I could really cut deep into my heart, you know. So and songwriters too. Yeah. On top of that, not yeah. just performers, but that these were guys who performed the songs they wrote. Yeah. Instead I, of, I mean, nothing wrong with Motown, obviously mm-hmm. written by other people perform than who performed it, but yeah, one of my favorite Motown guys is Smokey Robinson, who who was writing his own stuff. Right. One of the very few. But yeah, I've always been attracted to really good songwriting. Um, but then, when I was sixteen, I got a new. Uh, I got a new guitar teacher in Chicago named Mitch Lavin. Check him out too. And uh, learn guitar Chicago. And um, dot com. Dot com. <laughs> yes. He he showed me how to um, play along with anything that I heard on the radio. Like he showed me scales and like a little bit of theory of music, so that I could further connect with people and people who I musicians who I loved. You mm. know, I could be like put a Ray Charles song on or put a Stevie Ray Vaughan song on and I could interact with them through the speakers. And it was like, oh man, I was hooked, totally right. hooked. And then when I applied to Berkeley and I did my audition there, nervous as all hell and, uh, and got in, it was like, man, this is it. This is it for me. So that that's was, it. That was the journey. From, from then on, I, uh, I haven't looked back. Nice. Yeah. And who have you been listening to? Who is it? Well, I should say, I mean, you obviously mentioned a ton of people who you have listened to. Mm-hmm. Who are you listen to now? Who jumps out of you now? I hear I hear a little bit of Jack Johnson. Yeah, and, yeah, he was a big uh, a big influence um, a few years ago. More, but uh, right now I'm listening to. Uh, I'm going back to my Ray Lamontagne roots. He's an amazing <laughs> soul guy, and uh, I'm also because I'm doing a lot of writing for for other artists and like trying to get into the pop writing. Mm-hmm. Game. I, I mean, I love what Pharrell does. I love what Ryan Tedder of One Republic does. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm checking out Beyonce, checking out Beyonce, mm-hmm. Queen B. I mean, <laughs> like, it, it's cool. I like to, I'd always listen to that older stuff that I mentioned, you know, the, the rest of the show. But um, since I've been out in LA and had the opportunity to work with such incredibly talented young artists who are looking for new songs that sound contemporary and, Sound cool. I've been checking out all this music that's brand new and it's really exciting. It's like a whole new side of, of music I haven't explored. Yeah, and it's it's funny how everybody is 
particularly when it comes to uh, musicianship. And I have my moments too, where everybody's very dismissive of of pop music, let's say, or any a lot of modern. Mm-hmm. Let's go with top forty. Mm-hmm. But I've been a big fan for the last few years of Taylor Swift, who just writes catchy songs. No yeah. matter what you, what you think of her or her music, the songs are catchy as hell. There's no denying that. Yeah. And I sit and just play some of those songs quite often. If I'm just sitting at home with my acoustic guitar, just pull my Taylor out and start strumming away on mine or, or love story or one of those songs, just because cool. it's one of those things that like her, her songs for me, I look at as being something that kind of um, connected me with when I, when I listened to, the musicians play when I was younger, where I just thought it, there's, there seem, they seem to be coming from somewhere instead of just songs about being in the club or behind the velvet rope or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or about drinking Ciroc. I don't know. <laughs> whatever everybody else is singing about. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I feel like it comes from a place that's, that's genuine and I, I and they're just catchy. Yeah. And catchy rock's always been my thing. So I look at that. It seems to be a very straight line for me between the stuff I listened to growing up and, and her stuff. But Yeah, she was sold for me last year at the Grammys when she did that piano performance. Mm-hmm. I forgot the name of the song, but it was just like, it was one of the most spectacular songs, like lyrically, that I'd heard in a long time. She's she's just in Nashville, surrounded, steeped in that culture of yeah. quality songwriting. You know, like those guys write three songs a day sometimes. Yeah, it's 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 their job. Yeah, that's <laughs> These, like... It's blue-collar songwriters. Absolute professionals about it, and they're at the top of their game just pumping these songs out. So um, it's no wonder that she's she's got that kind of talent to to communicate very clearly with her songs. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, and when you come up around that, because she moved to Nashville as a teenager, then it, mm-hmm. th- that's going to sink in. Yeah. In the same way, I'm sure even... Chicago through the years. I'm sure that had a little bit of an effect. Yeah, the bluesy, growing up. you know. Sure. The bluesy stuff's in the air down there. So. <laughs> you can't escape it. Yeah. I've been to Chicago in ages, and I've actually it's been three years since I even went to Boston. So it's it's fun going around. But now that I'm discovering more places in LA to check out music, it's it's one of the other things. Every time I go to a show, I'm like, damn it, I need to get out and play again. It's mm. one of those things that just kind of starts the fire again. Yeah. Where I think, ah, and I must be really masochistic because, you know, I've had the itch to, to start a band again, but I'm like, I don't have the stomach for it. Uh, I don't, Go man. for it, man. I don't do have it. the stomach for it anymore. I can't do it. The older I get, the less patient I am with other guys and their egos. It's only room for my ego. Damn it. <laughs> so, um, we got a little bit of time. Do you want to do one more? Yeah. Check us out. Perfect. I'd love to. Your artist choice. Cool. Whatever you want to play, sir. Let's hear it. This is, um... Another song that's out in the world. It's on Spotify and iTunes and what and SoundCloud and whatnot. It's, so pick uh, it up on iTunes after you subscribe to Chris Ball's podcast experiment. Absolutely. And give the show five stars. Pick up some Jordan Casty. Absolutely. Enhance your digital music collection with some Jordan Casty. Anyway, mm-hmm. go on. Yeah, thank you. Um, and this song is about uh, it's about that haircut you get sl- shortly after breaking up with. Someone, <laughs> you know, you, know what I mean? sure. you get the haircut and you let the beard grow. Yeah, right. <laughs> so this song is about that kind of thing. It's called Stubborn Kind. I had an operation to get you out of my head. I got some brand new blankets. I got a smaller bed I never call your number I never speak your name I had an operation To cut 
This has been great. Yeah. This really has. This is almost like a like a, a one-on-one show. Like you're performing just for me. Even though we got cameras running, people are going to be listening to this and watching it later on. Okay, one-on-two because Cheyenne's in the Cheyenne's in mission control, <laughs> watching the show, bobbing her head. And while we're chatting, she's just like, I don't know what you guys are complaining about. Mm. Like, women are awesome. <laughs> and you are. You are and the rest of you are too. And so you're welcome. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, everybody, Casty Music is where you go on SoundCloud and Facebook. And, of course, iTunes and Spotify. Go get some more of Jordan's stuff. And, you know, if you want to hear some more, check out his recordings on SoundCloud. There's quite a lot on there. Like I said, I was listening to it today. And uh, very happy to see these songs played up some again since I saw you a few weeks ago. But to see them up close, this has been great, man. So come back anytime. Thank you Honestly, so much. Honestly, man, you're welcome back. And thanks for making this the first uh, performance. I'm happy to have you. Of course, I'm honored to be the first. This is so cool. Yeah, there's only one first. Yeah. And you, sir, are the one. There can only be one. That's you, <laughs> Jordan Cassie, the Los Angeles Highlander. And of course, you can follow this show on Twitter and Instagram at Cape Pod. And like the show on Facebook. And of course, subscribe also on iTunes and YouTube. And you can catch... 
the videos. And uh, if you subscribe, the episodes will be up. We broadcast Monday nights, 9 p.m., skidrowstudios.com. And the shows are up Tuesday, Wednesday latest. So you can find them on iTunes and YouTube and Stitcher Radio as well. So thank you all for tuning in, Jordan. Thank you again for being here. Thank Much you, appreciated. Chris. And uh, loftensemble.org. Make sure to check out Loft Cabaret. Jordan and many other talented artists are going to be there. And of course, tune in next week and every week, every Monday, 9 p.m. to the show. So until next time, for Jordan Casty, this is Chris Abalo, and this was yet another experiment. See you next week. Yes. <laughs>